Hello everyone and welcome to a special Tuesday edition of the Timeless Podcast. Now I do apologise for this being late, uh, West Ham happened, recording schedule glitches happened, but we're here today. Um, I'm here with Oshan, I'm here with Adam. Hello. Hello boys. Hello. Hello. How Hello. are we all? Sun's out, it's glorious. Good, it's lovely weather. Weather is weather is treating nice. us nicely as we get into a coming. summer movie season, which is going to be straight in the movie theatres and not in the sunshine. So that's that's great for uh, all of us. And of course, that is the topic here today. Not really any news kicking around, though, lads. There's not much going on. Like, obviously, Doctor Who, there was a trailer, but everyone else has kind of covered all, all of the stuff on that. There's not really much to go over, except yeah. we've got titles. Yay, the titles are fine. They're, they're fine. That's they're what I think. Of, yeah. That's what I think of any title ever until I see the episode. Sometimes you exactly. watch the episode, you see the title, and you're like, "Oh no, it makes sense." But until I watch the episode, I can't really determine whether you know whether the title's good or not. Um, and also, titles don't really matter in Doctor Who. Like no. some episodes have some weird titles, like "Under the Lake," and that's a great episode. Yes. But "Under the Lake" isn't like a, a great title that gives you intrigue. No, it just yeah, kind of yeah, tells you the setting. Um, so you know, titles don't really matter to me, Adam. What's your thoughts on that? Because obviously, Twitter goes ablaze with thoughts and theories and opinions. Um, the first was pretty self. The first was pretty self-explanatory in the fact that it's basically based off the Starbeast comic, uh, the first yeah. episode, which is quite nice. Um, the second one, I think, like the title-wise, and even the, I, I like it's almost like a secret episode. It's something that's intentionally being kept under wraps yeah. and, you know, it's got an odd title and it sort of gets you to theorise a bit more about what it's really about because even footage-wise, we've not seen a lot and I hope they sort of keep it that way. Just focus on uh, Beat the Me, Neil Patrick Harris. Those are sort of the ones, the episodes and the giggle, which, well, it's whatever. You know, I'm not too worried no, about that. I, I, I think but, the yeah, giggle's just... fine. I think the giggle's fine. Here's the thing, yeah. right, with any Doctor Who episode. There, there are some, ep- like, for example, right, Hell Bent is a better title than Heaven Sent, but Heaven Sent's a better episode. Yes. Like, like there, or, you know, The Rebel Flesh is quite an intriguing title, but the episode isn't great, in my opinion. Like, titles yeah. can be really cool, but, you know, if you're a writer and your title's great, fine. Well, yeah, cool. But it's really about the episode quality. I exactly. mean, yeah, some titles can allow us to theorise that the power of the Doctor. What does that mean? Does that mean we're going to find out more about the Doctor? Or the name of the Doctor was a good clickbait title in the sense of it was more of a trilogy. We didn't really find out the name of the Doctor, but it was still a good title because it got people talking. Similar to Wild Blue Yonder, which got a lot of people talking. And like you say, Adam, the Star Beast is very good because it tells you what it is on the tin if you're a Doctor Who fan. But if not, you're like, oh, what is a Star Beast? What does that mean? And maybe you go do some research and then you find out about the context. So that's a good title. And the giggle. Well, if it's the final of the trilogy, it could be cracking. Who cares about titles? But this to me, I'm going to give my little theory now. If the second episode is the one they're hiding, I think that might come up on the anniversary, which I know might sound weird. You think, oh, it should conclude on the anniversary. But if they're keeping the second one under wraps, maybe Russell's thought, and again, I'm not Russell C. Davis, God, but I think maybe he's like, oh, let's do all the fan stuff in the second episode, so that our final episode can be a really good story with us, this Doctor and Donna, one final adventure that isn't weighed down by all of the cameos that all the fans would like to see within this anniversary. So he does it in the second episode, and therefore we can have one really good story, potentially with the Celestial Toymaker or whoever Neil Patrick Harris is playing. I don't know yeah. if that might, be, that might be wrong, but that yeah. to me just seems... If you're going to put the third one on the anniversary, 
surely the third one would be the secret that you would know nothing about and you'd flip them. So I just think maybe that's the way they're going about it. I mean, doesn't the anniversary, isn't the anniversary of Thursday this year? I don't know whether I've got like, okay, yeah. I'm getting my fucking Yeah. Um, there was a, there was a video I saw yesterday um, from, uh, it was a video that someone was interviewing just Catherine Tate from like a convention or something. And they yeah. asked her about these questions about the 60th. She couldn't say much. And obviously she might not know exactly when it's about to come out and you know what the schedule, the dates are. But she literally stated that the, that she said, no, the first one is meant to come out near, uh, uh, at the end of November. So does that mean that then that it might be weekly leading up to Christmas? Mm, well, that, means, that means that means like gap them by every two weeks. Yeah, actually, would, okay, that good point. But it could be like it could be like up to Christmas, and then obviously like whatever gap is next to Chris for Christmas, you know. Yeah, It'd be like could, I still forget that we were potentially getting Chutie's first episode at Christmas. That that it's I, it's like, an odd. I'm, yeah, my I mean I'm I'm like, I'm big I'm all for it. You know, Russell's back. Get that Christmas date rolling in. I can't wait to be drunk again watching some Doctor Who whilst trying to listen to it carefully while my family couldn't give a toss. Um, but yeah, no, I think here's a, I think Doctor Who fans, and I, I say this with a lot of love, can sometimes just get really excited or really angry about mm. nothing. Yeah. Like I remember people going, Oh, the trailer wasn't that great. And even I watched it and I went, it wasn't, it wasn't much, but I wasn't sat there angry at the trailer. I just went, Yeah, it wasn't great. But everyone was like, they hyped it up and they showed us nothing. But also those people, right? And this maybe this is me being silly, but Oh, I don't want to be showing everything in the trailer. Exactly. Exactly. Like, I, I remember when Avengers Endgame came out, and they literally basically showed us nothing, really. Yeah. Like we got hints about like the new suits and a bit of the yeah. time travel stuff leading, but we didn't know anything of the plot. Like, yeah. I think they kept the entire third act entirely out of trailers. I think I could be wrong with that, but I think yeah, they, they surely showed a bit or two. Yeah. You know, so I th- overall, I think like that. Uh, it's just I think it's a weird time for Doctor Who we're kind of in this transitional period where some people are a bit afraid to let go of the past which is understandable especially when it was such a different era to the one we're going to and those that are really excited for this new era because they didn't like the previous one and that causes divide you know I think it's really a shame because right now we should just be excited for Doctor Who in the sense of it's got people talking it's on Disney Plus and we can't Lower that. But that is such a big deal for Doctor Who to be on Disney Plus worldwide. And those people that are weirdly complaining that we don't get it on Disney Plus, guys, I don't know if you, you, you you're, be, you're being, you're being it, weird, yeah. but you don't have to pay for iPlayer. Why are you complaining that it's on a free service <laughs> to you in the UK? You know, like it, it's crazy to me. So I, I think like Twitter is just so so crazy right now. But um, the one good. The one good thing to see is is that they're going to conventions, they're having good times. It seems like mostly the cast aren't getting harassed, which is which is good. Not that I'd expect the high majority of people to do that, but sometimes you do get some horror stories of yeah. cast members being uh, said not so nice things, having some bad interactions, and yeah. And also there was one thing where Freem Rajman says she couldn't answer a question about whether she was in it, which is the correct. I mean, for me, the correct answer would be just say no. Just say no. Which, yeah. which I think a lot of them are doing. Just been like, yeah, no, because then, then they're like, oh, okay, maybe they're not in it. Um, I think yeah. the um, I think the biggest thing as well, like you were saying about like um, how you don't want to know too much about the trailers. I think that if you're on Doctor Who Twitter, all these leaks are gonna come through, so you're gonna see that stuff. But if you're not and you're just a regular viewer, all these announcements of the stuff you tra- see in the trailer is new. So that's probably what doesn't help with the fact that people, when that trailer came out, they were like, oh, we don't know anything new. 
I mean, normal, like, you know, people that maybe aren't on Twitter or haven't seen any of those leaks, haven't seen anything. So, you know, it's it's new for them, you know? Yeah, and also I one also thing... Think... Go ahead. I was going to say, like, I also think in terms of you saying about, you know, the cast denying it, I think maybe Andrew Garfield has completely changed the game that even when he says he's not the werewolf yeah. and he's looking dead at the camera exactly. saying, I'm not the werewolf, well, people are still you like, no, know. no, hang on. Well, well, hang on a minute, you know, so... There we are. Yeah. He's ruined Ev- it. Everyone's the werewolf now. Every- everyone, everyone's hounded. But no, I think the main thing as well for Doctor Who actually is that Russell has been really good, or, or his team, obviously it might not just be down to Russell, um, about telling us things when we need to know it because of shooting and people are going to be outside and all that sort of stuff. And so news is consistently doing the rounds. It's right you go through a week now without some new content being released, whether there's a cast member or a new monster that's that they have to show you because it's going to be on screen. Like we got a shot off in Groff two weeks ago when people are still complaining. We don't know enough. Exactly. And also, but I think that, um, I think a big part of it, and it, you could, you, people could argue about this, about if it's a good thing or not, but uh, maybe a lot of it, like um, people are complaining that maybe Doctor Who's becoming too Americanized or it's coming too big. But I think, I think this is the perp. This is what they're trying to do with this new era. They're trying to push it out there for more. Like I know it's been, it's done, it's tried to do that before the Moffat era, and it and it succeeded. But I think with all these actors and all these, you know, influences coming in, with all that, I guess, yeah, money. But money will buy you things, you know. So you, yep. it's gonna be like that, you know. I will never understand. I don't know, Alan, about you, but I'll never understand as a fan of anything why you wouldn't want it to to be big. I'm, to be bigger, yeah. Yeah, I'm a fan of AJR, for example, which is a, like a relatively big band, but they've only got bigger over the past few years. And a lot of like, uh, well, subgroup of the fans have been kind of complaining that they're popular and now their their tickets cost more and now they're getting more sales. They're doing bigger shows and bigger arenas, and I, I'm there going, surely you want success for the things that you like, right? Like, yeah, it, that's uh, that bottom line. I you see, but it becomes this niche thing that maybe two million people watch and it slowly goes away in five years or it only gets bigger and we have it around until after we're gone, which I know is a scary thought, but realistically, we're probably not going to see everything Doctor Who has put out. I mean, some of it's missing, so we haven't anyway, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, I yeah. get you. And, and I also think, like, you don't want to continually think that Doctor Who's best days are just behind it when there's so much future in the show and, of course... We, we're getting that with Shooty and Millie. They're bringing in a whole new energy in itself, which will be very exciting to see. And of course, it's still being made in Cardiff. So it, there's always going to be that sort of through line uh, production wise in from like the previous seasons. And obviously, it's still Russell T. Davis, who's bigger fat, the biggest fan as any of uh, he, he he's 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 got a mindset. He's a fan. He's really mm. wants that, and he's pushing for spinoffs as well, which is. A really good thing in expanding the who universe is it now being done yes yeah yeah i think i think the one thing is that the an argument i'll never understand is the marvel argument right i've actually met you about this in in private that i don't get the i don't get the criticism of there's too much content i think that makes sense what i do think is a good argument is too much for the workers to be doing but that is a different story if you don't have the staff to do the work don't put it out there but if you have the staff Put as much content as you like. As long as it's good, people will watch it. And I don't yeah. like it when people go, oh, it's too much for me to watch. Well, then don't watch it. Oh, but I have to watch it. Well, no, you don't. Like, it, it, it makes no sense to me, especially with Disney+. And that does have an influence on these spin-offs, I think. 
and any kind of platform on streaming, we pay a monthly fee, so they need to churn out monthly content. That's just how it goes. You, uh, that is unfortunately what happened with Marvel. I think what we are seeing, and I could be wrong with this, but obviously Bob Iger left, a new person came in, and Bob Iger's now back. So I think we're slowly seeing them get back. I think that's why Bob Iger's put the brakes on some of the Marvel stuff. I think yeah. we'll certainly build back up again, but I think we need to do it the way we were doing it before because people were saying the post end game thing and we spoke about guardians on this podcast not long ago but how good that was i don't really understand the post end game arguments that you've had some brilliant films in there yeah but, some and i don't get that for doctor who because you get the main show and two spin-offs a year because well, that's what it's going to be and confidential which you don't have to watch unless you're interested that's only three shows and and behind the scenes Right, that is not too much content. Doctor no. Who did that back in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, two thousand ten, two thousand eleven. Like, and also, I, there's less episodes in there for this. There'll be eight episodes a season. With that. They'll probably yeah, be that, bigger that, that, productions. That will, that will ramp up but, again. Yeah. I think. That will ramp yeah. up again. I think. I think Russell wanted to kind of set the ground. Start up, yeah, yeah. And I, 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 I don't know about you, Adam, but I see the episode count going up a bit. Obviously, shorter series are kind of the thing right now. But Doctor Who's a bit different, and there are used to being more more episodes a season. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think ten, ten is a ten is a good count. Like I think that obviously, obviously, it was great back in the day when it was twelve and all that. But that, I think nowadays, I think it depends what you want to. I think it depends. I think it depends what you want to do. I think if you're doing two parters and one parters, the thirteen was actually good because it allowed yes. you to do a couple two parts, a couple, uh, you know, one part. I also like the idea of something like a flux every now and then, only to kind of. You know, change it up a little bit. So, say you want to do mm. one series where it's all kind of continual. I'm not, I'm not against that either. Keep everything fresh. I think that's something that Russell will do quite well is learn how to pivot. And I think we could see a lot of different series with different directors. Therefore, it looks different. Um, and I'm sure like you have to look at our last three doctors, guys, excluding David Hunter was 14 briefly. Okay, we've had Peter Capaldi, who is an old man. We had Jodie Whittaker, who is a woman, and we've gone back to a young man again. But it's very different energy now. Right, mm. because of how we're doing things with with Chuty Gatwa, like we keep we we've changed the formula over the past three years. Three doctors, we went from old man to to, to young woman to young man. Like they, it's entirely changed. The protagonists have changed entirely, which therefore means the target audience slightly changes. I think that's what yeah. we need to realise, right? And I don't I don't mean that entirely. I remember there was an argument back in the day uh, with Peter Davison and Colin Baker, where I think Davison may have said on stage or something, well, now uh, men have lost their role model because it's played by a woman. And I think Colin Baker got kind of pissed off at him and said, well, hold the phone, Peter. Men can look up to women. And I, I think that is entirely valid. And I think the same for Shooty with anyone, right? I think I think that is one thing. I'm really happy that most of Doctor Who Twitter have been really positive about Shooty. Um, and one thing I will say very briefly is I'm so happy we're getting costume changes back in yes. Doctor Who, that's something that's been lacking for so long. And I like that I they're think... putting their they're put their posting stuff like that as well. Like like yeah. you said, with they're gonna be leaked anyways, but like you know, they they're just putting them out there just again to hype up people. And I think that's kind of what you need. Was David and Matt the only doctors to actually change their costume? I can remember, I can remember Capaldi doing it once in thin ice. But Oh no, 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 Capaldi had loads of costumes. Oh, you mean, like that... era-wise? you mean like era-wise? You mean like era? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, right. Because um... obviously Tennant did it all the time. We did it in Idiot's Lantern. He did it a few times. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Smith did it in The Snowman, didn't he? Yes. Not yeah, the, he had, yeah. He, had, he had a top hat. Um, yeah. Which I guess correlates. And um, let's kill Hitler and stuff like that. Yeah, when he almost dies. Uh, because yeah. 
because snog, which is something that I was <laughs> still never not find hilarious. But um, yeah, so quick to quick because I haven't spoken about Doctor Who on this show. I don't have a brief kind of catch up and chat and all that sort of stuff. Um, but no, I'd say that hopefully, come November or whenever, whenever we get a big trailer with a date announcement, everyone's pumped. Nobody's arguing, and we can all just get along. That's the I mean, like, you know, yeah, like I good. think because <laughs> cause it's really strange. Like uh, maybe it's because I'm so neutral in this era, so that I see it now. From like a new, but like everyone's arguing every day about something. It's like anything, me. anything nowadays, everything. It's just that's how I think that's where you know us as a society is going. Adam, any message for the Who community to actually calm down a bit, smick them smile? Well, I, I've got like a question I want to sort of want to ask you both. I'm thinking in terms of the spin offs, do you reckon they'll do a, like a spin off with that will have continual seasons or, or returning series, or do you reckon? Almost like Marvel and Star Wars, you sort of have your, you know, your one season, then maybe they'll do another spin-off for like instead of like you know one that's season one, two, three, maybe they'll, it you know. Depends. I think, on what I, you think do, mix, isn't it? I think a mix. I think a yeah. mix. I think a it mix. Depends yeah. on what you do. Um, because I think, for example, although we haven't seen it yet, I, oh, actually we have Loki season two is coming out. I'm an idiot. So they said Marvel haven't done any continuations, but they have. I think as well, there's a few that are going to get a couple continuations. I can see things like She-Hulk, Miss Marvel getting season twos, even Moon Knight. Do you think She-Hulk will get season two? Well, she's got to appear again somewhere, and unless they oh, just yeah, cut her point. in somewhere. And the Star Wars signs, you have Mandalorian. And yeah, Shook yeah, it. yeah. And then the book of the Mandalorian. Um, <laughs> that, that was a good show. Um, and obviously, I think Andor's slated for a second season, isn't it? It Andor, is, yeah. yeah Andor was yeah. meant to be... Wasn't it meant to be? I swear they said it was meant to be like five seasons, but they've cut it to two, which is yeah, really and good. I think the last few, yeah. the last few of the season two of Andor are meant to like take place just leading up to yes, Rogue One. Le- it's meant to second like minutes before Rogue One, you so you could, it's a way to yeah. watch it like that. You can't. Re- I don't think in the modern day, in the modern era, with the I, get, I hate to call it this, but like the TikTok era, everything's moving fast. I don't think you can really plan for five seasons anymore. No, no, you, but the, I think they literally came out and said. We, this won't work if we do five we're going yep. to cut it and it's like good they're literally focusing on what they should be focusing on absolutely i mean i think if you ask me i'm gonna i'm gonna pose you guys a question right give me one long form season and one special season in the doctor who university you'd like to see and don't give me unit because we already know we may be kind of getting something related to that anyway so have i'm they, not allowed they've, they haven't confirmed that have they no but because i have see... a fever dream that they have but no <sighs> No, not yet. Not not officially yet. Right. But it's definitely everyone's talking about it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that if everyone's talking about it, there's a high likelihood it's gonna happen. So I'm not giving you that. So yeah, one one like either one off season or one off special with something in Doctor Who and then one long form like a tortured or Sarah Jane that can have two or three seasons if it wants to. Um with the long form show, I would want a either like an animated type show that you kind of Ooh. deal with like an anthology anthology like, animated show i've heard like that an i like an around. i am group like an i am group no little, no, little, no no oh yeah bit, it, i guess you kind of call deal it, with different can we call it exterminate with little baby dalek go around so little baby daleks no <laughs> i'm more up the canine canine but can i don't think they can do that can they because of the rights so there's a big rights no, was there? Hello, we don't hello. know what's happening with that freaking time quake thing. But for me, I, my most interesting Doctor Who villains are the Cybermen. I know they've been overused, and I know that, but there's still so many interesting things you can do with them. So I think yeah. that if you if you set like a darker show, not like they did with the Cyberwoman, but like a darker show, 
and you kind of set it around the side, man. I feel like that would work. Because yep. as well, I think that with the universe that the show's going, like with the audience that the show's dealing with, obviously they're bringing in new audiences, which I think is brilliant. But as well as the people now that have grown up, they're probably much older. So you can have those like tortured-esque shows more. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to give you uh, my long-form show. Uh, it's might be controversial because it hasn't really worked in the big show itself whenever it appears. But I'd like a Gallifrey show. Um, that would actually that was really, actually going to be mine. That would be really be cool to me. Like either, either, I mean, either that. Or I was going to even go like, I know it's kind of in right now, but do like a Game of Thronesian type because we want to. I kind of want to know more about the in and out of Gallifrey and not just seeing it get blown up all the time. I get mm. reasons why writers do it because if the Time Lords are around, realistically, a lot of things in the universe wouldn't happen. Yeah, especially um, the new Who. I get why a bunch of writers wouldn't want to touch it. Because a lot of fans are going, hashtag not my Gallifrey. So they just go, right, we'll go to their once, blow it up. If someone wants to make that, they can. But no, I think Gallifrey could be an interesting one. I'd also get, like, look, if you're going to do a spin off, for me, you have to have a familiar face involved. And I shall get what you're saying about, you know, fans having to kind of go back and forth. So that's why I'm just going to literally say, give Alex Kingston the show or give someone like that, someone who can yeah. do. You know, you can be a bit edgy. I don't really need a Torchwood-esque R-rated 18, 15 show where everyone's shagging or whatever. But you could do a fun difference where there's a bit more violence to it, a bit more grittier, um, you know, because the Doctor doesn't really get involved in violence too much. You know, yeah. they're very passive. So if you get something like a River Song, um, so you can't use that character. But you do, I mean, someone like that who can carry that sort of show would be quite interesting, in my opinion. But I, I also feel like I feel like not, not what people are talking about enough. I think online and all this stuff. Like, I'd like to see the characters that they create. Do you know what I mean? Like, it would be nice to have someone that we already know. But there must be probably a character that they'll make now in this new era that I'll go. Oh, I want to learn more about them. I'm, a, I'm, only, I'm only saying that in in the theory that potentially what might happen is after the first season they might create a spinoff. I doubt they'll create a spinoff on the character that we meet in that first season because yeah. they'll need to know how popular that character is first before yeah. they just before they opt to do it. But then, like I said, you can do Alex Kingston. You could I think Unit is a good shout and that's why I didn't want to touch it. I think it is a yeah. good shout because you could also bring back companions if you want to from the past. Yeah. You can be a part of Unit briefly because it's basically Torchwood but a bit less rogue and yeah like we haven't like obviously like big um big finish like they've touched on it there but if you think about it in the main show like especially in the new era new who era yeah. we, they haven't touched really on unit at all we've seen yeah. stuff about it they did a bit of that history episode in flux but other than that we don't know much about it yeah and i think that'd be quite interesting um and adam i don't know about you but i think a unit show, obviously not kind of like classic Who, where they're more military, but a more scientific unit show could work. Hopefully bring back Osgood, because I think she is a really good character. Some people say she's one note. I I entirely disagree. I just think that she's always used very sparingly in episodes, so therefore doesn't really get any arc. But Ingrid Oliver's great. Um, what's her name? Kate Stewart's great. What can't remember her name? Jenna, Jenna Redgrave. Jenna she's Redgrave. brilliant. Um, bringing, like you say, some of the Russell characters. I think that would work then in that show, Arsh, if you were to bring some new Russell characters over to the yes. unit spin-off. That then would work because you're not just filling it with new old characters, you're doing a hybrid. Yeah. I mean, you can, ha you can um, but you can also introduce like a, a classic, like all the classic characters that haven't, you know, that may have not, have, or you can reference them and they could be yeah, an episode. I'm, I Obviously, look, I think the main thing is, and I don't 
this I didn't see any concrete evidence of this, but apparently Katie Manning said she was involved with something unit been off and she said on stage, Oh no, yeah, I've, I've done a cameo. So if Katie Manning's in a Doctor Who thing for more than one line, I'm there. I'm front row, mate. Was this before the Legends of the Sea Devil thing though? Or was this after? No, this, this was think... after. This was like this mm. was after Pound of this Doctor. Is after the BFI for the Sea Devils. And I know Oh right, okay. It's that after that then. Yeah. Oh, Brad, were I you did... there? Can you, yeah, can you was, clarify this? She... What did what did she say? So I saw a tweet about it, but like, do you remember the kind of like the Yeah, I think she, she's aware she's aware of the notion of spin-offs and maybe characters probably popping in. Um, but if I was to pitch, do you know what? I think I might go a little, only a slight different from what you were saying. I sort of want the thick of it. I'll change planet and, you know, it's going to be part of the eventual Christmas special, uh, Peladon. I just think the from, from when we explored it in the classic series, it was like a really believable and, you know, uh, planet and society that, I, and I know they've done the big finish box set, but then they've done the big finish box sets for unit and, you know, that could be yeah. a TV thing. So why don't you take what, you know, we have a big finish or even do a whole, whole new thing and just, you know, yeah, do that. And then that, then Katie can, could pop up in that because she's, she's had run-ins with Peladon, of course. So, yeah. yeah. Who More would alpha. you cast? Who would be your lead? Um, the- I'd probably have to have a different King Peladon to David Troughton. So, it's weird. I strangely thought of like Richard Armitage or some kind of ITV kind of... Not Chris Pratt? Uh, <laughs> no, Not he's Chris got- Pratt? Many, he's got loads of Mario and Garfield movies. Alfred, but, Alfred like, Enoch, Alfred, so, you know, Alfred Enoch, what a shout! Um, that, that's that, you know, what a goat. But uh, no, for me, I'd say look, look, just just put some running characters in. Um, you know, for the, the unit spinoff, well. yeah, for a couple of aliens, but like new designs. Obviously, you have Alfred and Cherry and Ice Warrior, but give us like that's one of my favorite things, like the Rings of Akkad Ten. Right, I know it's a rogue story. A lot of people don't like that one. I'm a big fan, but. Like the it's alien mixed, designs mixed. in that are really cool. Yeah. I, I don't feel we get much of that in modern Who anymore, where they yeah. put random crap together and make a miscellaneous alien that you see in the background. Like, if you think about um, it, go old Star Warsy with these aliens. Like yeah. you know, it's the universe. You're gonna get that. Do you get what I mean? Like I feel like yeah. we haven't got that enough. We need some like alien bad music, like in the cantina. Oh, mate. Yes. oh my oh, god, that would be amazing. With, with, with Mary yet? coming back as well. Give us <laughs> if, if Mary Gold can do some jazz, that's what we're really saying. Well, they tried us... they did they, they tried to do that with the end of time, didn't they? The end of time they tried, but they just put the the devil and me in the background. Da, da, yeah. da, 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 da. Just that was that. like a cantina. Roll that back, roll it back, roll that back. <laughs> that's one thing I'd love to see come back for the tape Davies. Just that song, just at one point randomly You know. Do you know what? That's just made me think of what if they get musicals sort or of started? Because we had foxes, didn't we, in Mummy on the Orient Express foxes, doing a yeah. cover of Don't yeah. Stop Me Now. And then she so got what cut. They the music does. And then she got cut. They made such a big deal about it that she wasn't even in it. Yeah. Which is you hear her voice for like a second or whatever. And then they cut her out. Uh, it's a shame. But no, a massive, massive exciting time, I think, for Doctor Who. Like I said, we can have a, like, this is, I think this is a sign of it now. We have a 40 minute chat about it and it's Six months away still. And we can now... That's the one positive of this era, I think. And I'm a fan of the old era. But you couldn't really theorise because you didn't know anything. So, um, yeah. But this is different now. We can all have chats about what we think and what this could be and what that could be. And I think, you know, more content the better for Doctor Who. Especially because it is a brand that that's the thing, isn't, no, but the, isn't dying. There's, but... there's so much out for the 60th and yet still we don't know enough. That's the thing. Like, there is anything. so much... 
Yeah, we, we know, don't like. Yeah, I, I could probably name you like five or six things. Um, yeah. Main components, um, you know, that's about it. Um, but anyway, guys, show me on to the main topic of this podcast. Um, yeah, we haven't, we haven't, we haven't had, we haven't had a ramble in a while. So I thought, you know, a nice little Doctor Who ramble. I can split this up, put it into its own little video as well. It's like a little podcast highlight. Well. Cool. There you go. Nice. There you go. So we get onto the main topic, boys. Are we ready? We strapped in. Yes. We got our seatbelts on. It's all about family. We're not talking about Fast X. I've not seen it. Um, but no, we, you know, family. Yes. I live my life. Adam knows most about family. Don't you, Adam? Monday. Was that your Vin Diesel? Was that my like Morgan Freeman? Was that yeah, Morgan, like, I was like Morgan Freeman. Catch all the dog, mate. You know, from the advert. Oh, the yeah. That was more than Vin Diesel. Right, guys. So we're going to talk about our main project. Stop dabbing. Little weirdo. Um, and, uh, to, you know, we're going to talk about... Um, Movies this year, right? I, I, the reason I got this idea was first of all, nothing came out this past week, so I had nothing to talk about. The, you know, Guardians was two weeks ago, the Flash is finishing next week, and Ted Lasso is finishing the week after that. So, next two weeks are all booked in fine. This week, Boggle came out, unless you want to talk about family, which I don't. So, we're not going to. I thought this would be a good topic because essentially, obviously, with the pandemic, cinema took like a two year, two and a half year gap, really. I think. You can maybe say the return of cinema was Spider-Man. And before that, nothing was really getting decent revenue. I mean, we kind of went to like, we went to like pandemic revenue as like a new kind of standard and slowly been building back up. Avatar did bits. Uh, Guardians is currently doing bits. Top Gun did bits. So uh, I thought we could talk today about our three most anticipated movies. Uh, One surprise hit. And one box office bomb. So one thing that they think is going to do really well, and I think, or everyone else here thinks, it's going to not do as well as they think. Well, since you've been here the least times, I'll let you go first. Uh, give us one of your three. So we starting with one of your three movies that you're looking forward to. Give it. Give us. Okay, give so, us. So my number three pick is Spider Man Across the Spider Verse. Now, it was only a few. Like you know, the, I, I I think the first movie is very very good. I think it's very good. I, yeah. I, I, for some reason, I don't love it as much as the other. Like, like a lot of people think it's me, the best me, superhero me, movie me, ever. Me, me. Yeah, I'm and with I, you on I that. think it's brilliant, but I wouldn't regard it as the best superhero movie ever. It's very, very good though. Yeah, yeah. And I think the animation's good. amazing. Um, I, I think, and it's I think it did actually deserve the uh, Oscar. What I would say is, I think it's one thing. Well, when I in my head, like, oh, no, it's not as good as everyone says it is. And I watch it, and the, there's a brief, yeah. like, two two day window where I go, do you know what? Yes, it is that good. And then my mm. brain switches off again. That's got nothing to do with the fact it's animated. I just think it's very low stakes. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's that's what it is. And also, I'm a big fan of these Tom Holland Spider-Man movies, um, and I'm just more connected to them than I am this this version of Spider-Man at the minute. Um, although I do love the first one, especially the animation. I, I think that's a, one thing I think it's got going for it. It's the cast even better this time. You've still got Lord and Miller there for it. I think that helps. Hasn't it just been announced it's the longest animation ever? It's two hours and 16 minutes. Is what isn't, that, here. isn't that broken the record for the longest animation I'm ever? not sure. I really You're on a computer, Osh, and you've got the screen up. That was, uh, you know, I'll could check, do some I'll googling, check. but now Adam, Sp- Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Uh, obviously, uh, part one of two. Um, mm. Thoughts? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this movie. Um, definitely one of my most anticipated. Yeah, I think the first one was great. 
I definitely think top tier in terms of Spider-Man. It's one of my favorite Spider-Man movies for sure. Yeah. And animation style was slick, but brilliant and sort of really wholly new at the time, I felt. Um, I loved the different kind of the the assembled Spider-Man. Like, it'll be great. It's, it'll, it'll be great because we still got Peter B. Parker, obviously more of Miles' story, which, you know, I love Miles and Spider-Man and Spider-Gwen and such. Hopefully Spider-Pork is there as well because I love him and Spider-Noir, Nicolas Cage, come on, my boy. But also we get the introduction to Spider-Man 2099, I believe, voiced by Oscar yeah. Isaac as well, yeah. because he was in the post-credit scene of the first one. Brilliant you know, cast. More, more of him. Yeah, brilliantly cast. Is it? Bring in more <clears> of him in the sequel, which would be great. Um, I think that what I'm... Yeah, that's the thing. Like, it, it was only, like, you know, when this film was announced, I was like, oh, yeah. And then it looked really good. But it was only about, what is it, a month ago. They really hit me. I was like, actually, I'm really excited for this. Only because I think that, for some reason, for me, every time it, it's announced that something is a part one, it anticipates a lot more. I think especially since mm. Infinity War. Ever since then, like, the feeling that I thought watching Infinity War with that whole cliffhanger. I do love a good cliffhanger. and They're always good. And I'm hoping that maybe it'll have... A cliffhanger will affect this movie but i also think that what's exciting me the most about this film is the cast that they have so they're introducing andy samberg is apparently meant to, meant to be in this film daniel yep. kaluuya is in this film yep. amazing actor you've got different people as well joining the cast um yeah i just think it's going to be it's it, i love the fact that they're incorporating different animation styles into this film like it's it's a very the first one obviously changed animation in Hollywood in a way because he used that comic book style and Disney even and everyone's kind of picking that kind of animation style up now a lot. Puss in Boots um, did a bit of that as well. Yeah, Puss in Boots. Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is using that yeah. sort of style for their f film. Um, I don't think people say no, it's copying Spider Verse. It's just using the same style. It's not copy. It's just a unique style that they've they've gone. Okay, yeah. this this looks good. And they've that's made their right. own really. Yeah, like I don't yeah. kind of think. Oh, that's definitely a shot from Spider Verse, and it makes exactly. me curious, like because it's you know a or two part, maybe you know, longer story. It makes me think about, oh, what kind of scope is it really going for? Because even in the trailer, you see all these different Spider Man and everything like that, and you make you kind of feel like well, this could be a really big story. And you know, with Miles being the emotional hook, I reckon, you know, sort of because he's sort of like really like, um, he's, he sort of became Spider Man in the first one, but it's sort of like you know. He's what he's going to try and go to set. He's on his own path and set, like, set out his own identity kind of thing. So, like, yeah, I'm all for it. Alex, what do you think? Uh, I'm really buzzing for it. I, I think it's, I think it can be even better than the first one narratively. I, yes. because it's my, it's my thing. I think the first one, everyone loves it because a, it's possibly one of the best voice casts ever assembled. That's only got better with this one. B, it looks amazing. C, it's got a great soundtrack, and and D, it's just refreshing. It's it's different, right? I think that's the argument of the superhero fatigue thing, right? Because that's not a thing. People love superheroes. People still go and watch them. That's why they keep making them. Just make them good, and then we'll go see them. Vis a vis, Guardians is making bank right now because it's really good. Whereas that Man Quantum Mania, which I don't mind, but it ain't great. Eh. Uh, mm. um, you know, like for me, um, yeah, I'm really buzzing for this. I think it'd be great. Um, it's it's weird, right? Because there's also prospects of live action cameos. I I don't know how that will work. 
obviously look, we all, we all lose. I mean, I'm kind of annoyed about this new cameo kind of world we live in, where everyone yeah expects a cameo and everything, right? Like, I, I'm a big fan of Multiverse of Madness, and a lot of people didn't like that movie. I'm not saying everyone's criticism is this, but some people are. They don't want enough cameos. But when did cameos dictate what a good, how good a film was? To me, it's oh, the story, okay, yeah. and I thought the story in that one was really good. So I think this could be great. I think. If Miguel O'Hara is the villain, and then cool. You also got Jason Schwartzman as the spot, which seems like a comedic character, but they could, that could just be a, like a double cross in the in the in the trailers to make us think that he might not be as serious as we may think. So uh, that's exciting, and I'm sure it'd be really fun. And I'm really, I'm looking forward to the soundtrack more than anything because yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, completely forgot about the soundtrack. Sun- Sunflower's been stuck in my rotation for, since in the past five years, and it came out five years. Can you believe that, boys? Five years ago since uh, Into the Spider Verse came out. Um, yeah, Gosh, that is know. that is mental. That is mental. I just thought, yeah, yeah. Um, Ad, if you don't mind, I'm gonna mm. go next. Um, of course, with, with my next movie, I just need to get the title exactly correct because I could be wrong with this. It has changed, but I think in some countries it's different. So I'm just gonna um double check. It's next goal wins. I'm gonna go with that. Is the title? There is some changes. This is a new Taika Waititi film coming out, and here is my. Thing. I love Taika Waititi as a filmmaker when he's not in the MCU because I think he gets a lot more kind of breadth to do Taika Waititi things when he's not in the MCU and has the confines of the MCU. I'm not saying I think either of his films in the MCU are terrible. Of course I don't. I think everyone overreacts how bad Thor, Thor Love and Thunder is. I'd much rather watch that than most of the X-Men movies and some of the MCU movies. So it's not horrendous. It's just a bit rubbish. Whereas Taika Waititi has not made a bad film outside the MCU, and that's something I'll stick to, right? You can watch things like Jojo Rabbit, which is probably his most commercially successful film outside of the MCU. But even then, he has films like Boy, What You Do in the Shadows, Hunt for the Wilder People. Like, he's not made a bad movie. And this one, you've got a really good cast. Um, Fassbender's in it, and he's always brilliant. I think people remember him only as Magneto, which is a massive <laughs> shame because he's a great, he's a great actor, like a really good actor. He was Ezio in the Assassin's Creed. We movie. don't talk about Ezio. <laughs> um, just going to quickly have a look at the cast for you, um, just because I haven't really done that much research on this one because I haven't had to. You know, some films that you're really excited for, you're going to go see. Whenever, like I spoke to you guys about before, some things I don't need trailers for because I know I'm going to watch it. Like Doctor Who, they didn't release a trailer, still watch it. Um, I, I've yeah, I've not, I've not watched a trailer for this yet. Um, yeah, it's got some, it's got, it's got Elizabeth Moss in it, Will Arnett's in it, of course. He was probably most known playing Lego Batman. Um, but like, really good cast, really good fun. Um, yeah, obviously, obviously, but I don't know if you guys seen the trailer, but thoughts on Taika Waititi as a as a whole. What's your thoughts? Uh, Adam, do you want to go first? Um, yeah, to be perfectly honest, I've only really seen a handful of this film. I liked Jojo Rabbit. I think yeah. that was that I, that was a good film. And um, I liked Ragnarok and maybe not so much Love and Thunder. but And his Mandalorian episodes are, are good. And of course, he oh, is yeah. the voice of uh, yeah. IG-11 um, as well. So that, that's pretty cool. And he, he pops up. I feel like... I now know him more as an actor because he does lots of voice and bit roles. He's like Blackbeard in Our Flag Means Death, and he's makes a character. He's a character. He's a character. Sorry, in Lightyear and stuff like that. So yeah. I sort of, in a way, I'm sort of now associating him more as an actor than a filmmaker. Obviously, he plays Korg 
in the, his Thor movies and the Avengers movies as well. But yeah, he's, he's a good director. I've not heard of the, the this movie, but you know, sounds watch, intriguing. And, watch, yeah. watch a trailer. I'd say watch a trailer because Adam, I know you're not the biggest football fan, but this is one of those kind of similar to Ted Lasso vibes. So I feel like you don't need to love football to go and see this movie. Um, no, I just think Taika Waititi has a really good sense of realism in his movies, which I know is weird considering he's directed Thor and a movie about Hitler. But I think one thing that Taika Waititi has really good is his dialogue is really natural. His characters say a lot of things that you feel like people would say, which I think sometimes directors and films struggle with, like characters talk really a bit expositiony and a bit weird. Like Star Wars, they always like talk a bit bizarre, whereas Taika Waititi, everyone just talks like they're normal. And a bit awkward, which is, I think, yeah. the, the best way dialogue should be. Uh, but no, this is why I had it number three, because obviously there were some big, big movies coming out this year. Um, and I, you know, obviously this isn't one of them in the sense of like, I've been on the edge of my seat for it. But this is probably like one that I think might not do too hot at the box office because of its standing in terms of what's coming out around it. But I think it should be one that at least people try and go see if they can. Well, when's it meant to come out? Uh, in like uh, October. Oh, right. Okay. But, like, for me, I think also support independent film. And I get that Taika Waititi isn't really, like, an independent filmmaker anymore, but I think people don't really go and see films like this. So uh, give it a shot, because I think you might be surprised. Uh, But, no, that was kind of my number three, because I've got two blockbusters that I wanted to highlight. But, uh, yeah, that that was just one I thought I should highlight. Nice. What about you, Adam? Give give us one of your 72 films. (laughs) Yes. Um, for number three, um, it's funny actually because the reviews have just come out for this movie, but I don't mm. think it's made me less excited, and I'm quite optimistic about know, Indiana Jones. Is. The yeah, Destiny. I know this is. Yeah, yeah. I think I... like I think James Mangold is a fab director, and you know I think he's proven with Logan. You know, his character so well defined, and like the the emotional journey, you know, that taken through. I love that kind of relationship between. Uh, Wolverine and X-23, very father-daughter. It's beautiful. You know, he knows how to make an emotionally impactful film. I think for what will be the last Indiana Jones movie, I think he'll do that again. You know, I think he'll also capture the adventurous spirit that Spielberg, you know, know, had with the first four films. I know people probably think, oh, you know, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, the back of their head saying, well, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, that was a failure. Why are they doing another one? Should it get... Obviously, ideally, be great as a trilogy, but you know, I still, yeah, I think, I think there's still hope, and you know, I'm intrigued about Phoebe Waller Bridge's character, goddaughter, I believe, to Indy as well. And I, you can kind of tell that it's probably Harrison Ford is more emotionally invested in Indiana Jones than Han Solo, I suppose. Yeah. So, there is that going for it. Um, and Matt Mickelson as a villain, which you know, always great. So, you always know, great, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I yeah, I, I, I think. I've sort of missed that kind of because it's almost like Uncharted, that kind of more not necessarily superhero or galactic kind of space movie, but sort of um, I don't know, just sort of an adventure movie, you know. Yeah, I, I I I love those sort of grown up the Indiana Jones, your Goonies, and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm yeah Indiana Jones and Dark Destiny, be good. Yeah, you always have like uh, also I'm I do love the fact that in, I mean Kingdom of the Crystal Skull changes with like the alien stuff but yeah. like i uh, what, what what i liked about the first three is like how you know it literally takes like religious stuff or like takes like you know these these things of you know myth you know mythology or 
religion and it kind of does like a kind of realistic approach on that which is a strange thing to think about but like yeah. um yeah it just i don't know I, I i do like it's kind of wacky aspects i mean i mix that's the thing like when i was watching uncharted like last year when or one of the hell it came out i was watching it and i was going do you know what we need we need another indiana jones film and that's yeah. why i was i am quite excited for this i mean that's the thing i hope it's not the la- i hope it is the last one i hope they're not gonna just carry this franchise out which i'm heard it's not the case they will carry this on but um I don't know. It's probably it's about just... Harrison, I reckon. I think yeah, Harrison Ford. But even then, like, do then we, do what's we... the then yeah, what's, what's, the, the point? what's the point? Yeah, what is the oh, point? Here's the yeah. thing with me, right? And I love. Well, I think you guys have said this really well. I love Indiana Jones. Well, I love the first and the third one. Second one's all right. I don't care for the fourth one at all. Um, this shouldn't be coming out. I don't think this is for me anyway. This, I just think, if you're relying on young Harrison Ford to yeah. carry a movie, I'm not. I'm not. There's part of it that just feels this is a bit weird, this whole de-aging tactic thing. Yeah. And I get that he's on set for most of it, doing all that. But also, just have him be old and put Phoebe Waller-Bridge in. I know most of it's flashbacks, and that's what they're relying on to get you in there. But for me, if it's going flashback, future, flashback, future... Like, this could be a really messy movie. The only thing that gives me excited is it is James Mangold, who is gold dust and hasn't really made a bad film either. Yeah, um, he did Ford versus Ferrari, which is I think is yeah, a very and Logan film that he made. and Logan. I know, yeah, and Logan, but I um, think Ford versus Ferrari is a film that no one yeah, really it's, talks it's great. About. I love it. I yeah. love it. I love it. But yeah, I'm not. I, this would not be on my list. I actually put it close to the bomb section, but I knew it wasn't going to bomb, so it didn't really make sense. Um, so yeah, I'm not buzzing for this one. It could be good and surprise me, but apparently they got a lukewarm standing ovation at the camp for what is a lukewarm standing ovation i guess we have to find out but then again the, the can film festival can be quite film critic and quite so maybe the maybe, yeah. uh, maybe the general audience will get a kick out of it and maybe a few people watching. did enjoy it just others didn't that's the thing it's very yeah. mixed that's what i've heard you can't really trust the critics review i'm not saying the critics are yeah. wrong but i think critics are looking for different things than the general audiences which i think is fair enough i think you can kind of gauge the two right but like yeah I'll wait and see what the reviews are like before I bother and wait and see if it's on Disney+. Plus. And also, you have some critics, obviously, that go to the Cannes Film Festival that maybe haven't watched Indiana Jones, so they're going to just watch it as yeah. people that haven't watched those films before. Yeah. So they're going to think about it more, like, wacky, you know? Yeah, absolutely. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change up the formula. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go next. Um, okay. And I'm going to give you, because I'm scared it's going to take this soon, this is my number one for the summer and for 2023. This is good number one. I'm going to jump because I'm scared someone's going to take this. So I'm, put, I'm putting my stamp of authority down. And I'm okay. going to go with Mission Impossible Dead ah, Reckoning sorry, Part sorry. 1. Damn! Um, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. That's my box office. Thumbs up. Okay. So we're all, I assume it's also on your list, Osh. It's um, my number one as well. Yeah. Uh, for me, these films have only gotten better, which is weird. Yeah. I mean, maybe I prefer four to five, but even then, they're both great anyway. But I haven't first... watched one. Um, no, I've watched one. I've watched two and three. Those are the only ones I haven't seen. Which I've people seen say I've, I've seen good. all of them, and two's bad, and then the rest of yeah. them are sort of good to yeah to, to fantastic. Uh, Mission Impossible Fallout was great. This new direction they've taken them is great. Um, the fact that they are ending it, they're not doing a Fast and Furious and just continuing them on and on and on and on and forever and making 12 movies when they could have just made seven 
Um, I think this is good. I think they clearly have a good plan for this. I think there's some surprises in store. Um, the big sad thing about this movie is that the Jeremy Renner of it all apparently is meant to come back for part two. Um, and now oh, he can't bless him, which is a shame. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, which you know, uh, one of the best characters in the franchise as well. Um, but we've got some really good cast in here. We've got some really good surprises. Um, I'm buzzing, buzzing for Mark this. Mark Gattis you know? is apparently meant to be in it. I'm just like... yeah, yeah. Mark Gattis, uh, Lazarus is back, baby. Um, um, yeah. But no, I mean Haley Atwell's in it, which is exciting. Haley Atwell. Um, Atwell, you know she's she's always great. Uh, you know, Pom Clemente F is in the movie. There's the Kirby's in the movie. You got you got so good people in this, um, and of course you got your main, you've got your mains in there as well. So Sam Peg, Sam Peg is in it. Um, I'm and, afraid that he. I think that he'll die in this film. I'm I think not I lie don't, to you. No, I think he's the only one that's going to survive by the end of it. Do you think? Yeah, I I think you could even see Tom Cruise die, which wouldn't be in Cruise. In this one? No, not in this one, but in the next like the, one, the two. I think maybe maybe uh. Maybe uh, Ving Rhymes will go in this one. Maybe, maybe. maybe I feel uh, like one of the companions will. That's my companions. What is this Doctor Who? Yeah, Doctor Who. Yeah. But no, um, yeah. I mean, I really hope that if they kill Simon Pegg, I won't be able to go see part two. Yeah. Um, also, I'm very confused. They haven't. I swear they haven't even started filming part two, which is really confusing. So it's like, when's that film meant to come out? If it's like a part. Like, I d- I don't know, <laughs> but I think that look based on the last one, Henry Cavill was great. Mm. Uh, as a villain, he's gonna be difficult to top. He was just so good. That that mustache was so. The last film, if 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 if, if Infinity War never came out that that year, then Fallout yeah. would have been my top one film of the year. Yeah, which yeah, really surprised me because I swear, like even then, I hadn't actually watched a lot of the Infinite Mission Impossible films. It was just a film that was like, oh, this looks quite fun, and then I watched it and I was like, this was very very fun. Yeah, I'd also um, say the one thing the Mission Impossible films have had recently. Is the lack of James Bond films? I know not the same thing, but they, no, they, these you, these you. last three came out in an era. James, the last three came out in an era where either James Bond films weren't very good or none came out. Like Skyfall was really good. Then you had two or three Mission Impossible films in between that, uh, and then you had Spectre, which was, eh, was all right. It was fine, um, and obviously. Since Fallout, we've had the amazing No Time to Die. So that really kind of helped, I think, Mission Impossible go up because unfortunately people's people decide whether they like one thing or the other and sort of stick to that rather than watch both. Yeah. And um, right but, now we don't have any like we bond for a while, probably. Yeah. So, you know. But of course, Christopher McQuarrie is directing and he's great at the action side of it all. Um, and I think that's kind of the main thing, similar to John Wick, I suppose, but that's the biggest comparison you can draw, is that the action in these films is always fantastic. You've always got Tom Cruise doing some absolutely crazy thing, which is, but which you watch and you go, wait, that was practical? No way. And yes, he did it because he's Tom Cruise. So of course he did. Um, and yeah. And he's one-upping that... himself. And I think there's a lot, there's like that bike stunt that's been like, you know, yeah, yeah. recorded already. And like, I think, that's the thing that will get people like be like, yeah, that's right, why you watch them. This, yeah. this moment. Like the Dubai Tower moment in the fourth one, I believe, and him hanging off the plane, yeah. which he did for real in the fifth one. It's pretty I nice. Mean, the and last I think, one. Oh, so no, Adam, you, you continue. All I was just going to say, because it's like my box office number one, I think because Top Gun Maverick was very financially successful, I kind of think, I think he's also, I think Chris McQuarrie, I don't think he directed it, but I think he might have like produced it. I think him and Tom are sort of 
almost a dream team in terms of making spectacle for the big screen. So yes. I kind of feel like box office wise, it's going to do really well because of Maverick. I yeah, feel like people um, people are loving Cruise right now. People are feeling the incruisableness yeah. of Cruise. Everything's yeah. incruisable right now. Cruise. You put Cruise in a movie, it's making bank, man. Like I think I think at the end of the day, I think people kind of forget this one's coming out, which is a shame. Like yeah, which might scare the box office stuff. No, it won't because it will be. Hopefully, it gets good reviews and that just puts it back to normal again. Yeah. You know? Um. But yeah, no, I, I'm so excited for this. And I and I, I was worried Oshan would have it up on his list. So that's why I wanted to jump in front of him. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to say that that uh, is, is, is my favorite for the year before, you know, I I think, look, even if it's half as good as the sixth one, I'll still, I'll still really enjoy it. That's how good the sixth one was. If they can turn on better fallout, then they've done themselves proud. And I have to, you have to remember as well going into this kind of similar to Spider-Verse. It's a part one. So I suppose, it's kind of half of a story. I think a lot of people don't like Deathly Hallows Part One, whereas actually, if you watch them back yeah, to back, that's boring as hell. No, but if no, but if you watch them back to back, it's just one movie. Like, I think Deathly oh, Hallows yeah, Part yeah. One's great. Yeah. I think yeah. Deathly Hallows Part One's great. Like actively, it's a good movie and does what it needs to do. But people just sometimes watch it on its own ITV One. It's like, oh, that was yes. a good plan. Yeah, <laughs> um, and it's like, well, <laughs> they're kind of made to, to be watched back to back, which is weird because they came out a year apart from each other. But you know what I mean. I think when you watch it for the first time in the cinema, you're like, this is great. You know, um, and then and then you watch it on ITV one with adverts. I'm like, this is this is a bit dull, this. <laughs> um, but yeah, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll let you go now. What's your, what's your, what's your number? Actually, no, Adam's so not giving my... away. Adam actually makes no sense because we've given away two. Oh, of yours. yeah, I've had so mine. it's gonna yeah, let's Adam go to Adam. Go, yeah. What is your so um if if it well, technically the two uh films that I most anticipated. Uh, animated of course we mentioned spider-verse but if i was to give another one elemental which is Ooh. pixar's upcoming project um it's their technically their first theatric um original theatrically uh wider theatrically released film in like three years because like oh you know it, because well light year was i suppose more spin-off yeah. and then the last few sort of original ones have been on disney plus and the last one we had at the cinema was onward so that you know which is number right year, this, which is underrated yeah it, it's i I've, I've seen a few trailers and you know i because of the track record of pixar and you know they're they're always been, they've i think pixar have always just been that studio that capture you know magic and the the stories of the human spirit so well like the emotions of the inside out and you know just the first 10 minutes of up and mm. um it's it's one that i know is on the is gonna Pack the emotions gonna make me cry and it's gonna make me it's gonna make me laugh you know i think you know it's always good to have a good sort of laugh in there as well and pixar do that a lot and it'd be great to sort of you know i know i know technically done that of like yeah but i'd say that's probably more one of the more disappointing ends of a pixar film but i yeah i'm ready to be rocked by pixar on the big screen again because it hasn't really happened since onwards so um that's why i'm looking forward to it i think yeah Love Pixar. Also, it has the up short film right before it that's does premiering. Yeah. So that's another reason why I'm like, oh, do I go and watch this? And do also because I... the actor who played Carl had like passed away a few years ago. I think so this is his last thing, isn't say. it? Yeah. yeah. His last yeah. Sort of project as well. Mm. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, lads. I was close to having this on my for the year. Um, yeah, this wasn't grabbed me. 
Oh, I Elemental. I, I didn't put it on the bottom. I didn't put it. Wait, so didn't is this? It. I didn't put it. Second as a, pick. He's got twenty five. What? We were, he's got twenty five different movies. No, mate. no, no. <laughs> this is no. I, well, I wrote. I narrowed it down, but I wrote a lot of films down, and then I'm just narrowing it down for for the right. sake of podcast. Sorry. Alex, sorry, what were you saying? I was just saying that this film hasn't grabbed me by the trailers. Uh, but like, same, when, same. when we talk, when we talk about our box office bombs, I don't think it means it's going to be a bad movie. I think it's going to underperform at the box office. I'm supposed to put that down there because I don't really see anyone getting excited about it, which is a was shame. This, this is your bomb film. Yeah, it was close. There's one that I remember. I was like, oh yeah, that's coming out. That'll bomb. Um, mm. But it was close. And like you say, Adam, I love Pixar, but I've not seen the last two Pixar movies. I haven't seen Lightyear. I haven't seen um what was the other one before that? Uh, Turning the red. red Turning Red. I was gonna call it the Red Fox, but it doesn't even called the Red Fox. Oh, it's Disney Plus, isn't it? Yeah, both of them. Yeah, it was um, Disney Plus as well. Yeah. I, I thought Onward was underrated though. Just quickly, not a love loved out there for Onward. I think it's because it was a bit different. I actually think it's, it's, it's not too bad. I, I, I don't it? think it's I think it's really fun. I think it's fun. Yeah, it's okay. Maybe, maybe it's because right? it, it's, it's the last film I saw in cinemas before. COVID, which is probably oh. the same thing for a lot of people, actually. Because I think that movie came out and then it was like 10 days later, the world went yeah. shut down. Um, but no, yeah, I think this film's going to be good. Like, I think it will be good. I just, I was worried if it would underperform. But then, like you say, Adam, it's an original Pixar idea. That's great. Good. No sequels. Toy Story 5. No, thank you. Um, but this is this is a good idea. And I think it's fun. I think it's going to have that heart to it, you know. One thing I worried about is it treading the same water as some other Pixar films, maybe, but I can't I can't throw that criticism at it until I've seen the film. But just from the trailers, two people that aren't the same have to come together and they'll you know make both sides respect each other. It feels like it's gonna be one of those movies which we've seen before. So unless they do something new with it, which they could entirely do because the trailer's only a trailer, then that's where my, my brain's at. Is that I don't know if this is just treading old water with a new 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 paintbrush. I get I get what you mean. I, and it's interesting you were saying about maybe this doesn't grab you and maybe the marketing didn't. But I always I think sometimes like you know I I can go in completely sort of fresh and not worrying about either what the critics say or how great the marketing thing is. And you know that's where you get surprised like Coco. Coco, what an absolute godsend of a movie. And it could it, it that it, that's the beauty of Pixar as well. You can you don't have to necessarily watch all the trailers or try to understand everything going in beforehand. You can just let the film wash over you and you get the emotions, you get the laughter, you, yeah. you you're happy, you're sad, you feel everything. Pixar is wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. I don't disagree. I'm like you say, I, I, so I when we give our box office bomb later on, for me anyway, the, we can all do it at different brainwaves. I didn't do it just on quality of movie. I did it in terms of what will underperform generally to yeah. what's expected. So I think I'll really like this movie. Uh, when I was considering putting it in the box office bomb, I was like, well, the market hasn't grabbed me. And if I hasn't grabbed a film buff like me, is it going to grab a young child who would much rather go see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or any of the other really cool animation? Is coming out this year? Yeah, like yeah, like yeah, like the right. Spider Man stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of films coming out that people might be like, "Yeah, I really want to go see that," um, yeah. rather than this. That's the only, like, that's the only why I thought bomb. But no, I think story wise, it looks promising. It's hard word. Like, I'm not sat there going, "Oh, I can't wait for this year's Pixar," but I'm not going, "Oh no, I won't watch it." Like if it gets really good reviews, I'll be in that. I'll be in that theater. I won't wait for Disney Plus. I'll go. But if, if the reviews are banging, and also like Oshan said, the thing of the up element in the room. Is also a good reason to go. At least it's not Olaf's fourteen-minute weird adventure. 
The yeah, I mean, thing. it was they pushed the they pushed it onto the film because it was originally meant to come out on Disney Plus and it had a release date and everything, and then everyone looked on that day and it just wasn't there, and they were like, yeah. "Oh, yeah, we've just moved it before Elementals now." Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, Osh, we'd like to give it your. There's your number two. I give my number two. So this is my last one. It is. I'm. I'm calling this now, and I'm calling this. This is what I think. Yep. Will be best picture winner of next year. Yeah, I know what this mm-hmm. is. I know what this Dune is. Dune. Oh two. no. Okay, I'm wrong. No. Okay. Okay. Dune I haven't. Chapter two. I haven't seen Dune once. I'm going to sit this now, one out. Dune one, for me, is okay. I think it's. I think it's very very good. But again, I I it just sets up such a beautiful like such a great sequel, and you can already tell. For the film, the marketing. The first one already won six Oscars. And I have a feeling that it will win the best or at least be up there as one of the best pictures of that of next year. Only because the cast that they have in this film is insane. The, um, the uh, you have, you know, the the director, I don't want to mess up his name, is Dennis. Dennis Denny Villeneuve. That's the one. Brilliant director. Um you know, I just think the first one, the first one is so, so good. And the fact that this one's meant to be looking better and I don't know, just everything about it. I'm very excited. Like the first one, like, like I said, it, it's very good. It wasn't my favorite film of the year. Um, I thought it was quite long, um, but I, it was a film to set up a much larger film or a franchise itself. And this is what that film is. And I'm very excited for it. I, yeah, I agree. Like, um, I think Denny Villeneuve's sci-fi movies are just all around fab. I love the rival. Yeah. Blade Runner twenty forty nine was a fab sequel as well. That's that's already sort of take because Dune, of course, being adapted from the book, you know, he's sort of taking that kind of yeah uh, already pre-established sort of uh, material and you know creating an amazing spectacle with you know with Blade Runner. It was very much intrigue and you know really great 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 eye for sort of direction because like even carrying it on with the first dune it looked fantastic there were some great set pieces the cast were really good and you know the the amount of the amount of i think i was, I was almost overwhelmed by like the cast because you had like jason momoa then you had oscar isaac then you had josh brolin and, then and that was on the first movie as well timothy yeah. yeah timothy chalamet and zendaya and then we're getting florence Pugh and austin butler in the sequel yeah, yeah they, we've, we've got, got new cast um... to forward to Leah Sidhu as well from um, oh from Bond and yeah Christopher Walken is apparently meant to be in this as well oh yes that's gonna be uh, marvelous yeah because I can't really comment on this I think it'll do well um didn't watch the first one I did watch was like pass me by I think I'm um, I'm someone that when things are based on a book I kind of like to read the book first I think that was my intention I just never got around to reading the book I'll probably watch the film at some point um probably before the second one comes out I'll watch it and. Then I see if I vibe with it. Um, but no, I think the cast is great. I've heard good things. I think they're a bit cheeky last time promoting Zendaya and apparently Shanine at the end. Good marketing tactics. Mm. Good marketing tactics. It was tactics. very good marketing. I'll give um, she's not in the movie, but she'll be in this one a lot. So um, I think the same for a lot of the marketing they put in for this film. Yeah. Um, or like I the mean, characters. Apparently Florence Pugh's character is marketed quite a lot and she's only a, like a five minute character in like the book you know it's only like she's only in it for like such a little segment but yeah. i think like with such a big 
franchise and such big like cast as this like i i feel like it's quite nice when a director only brings like a big actor in for like a few scenes you get what i mean yeah absolutely i'm not a fan of austin butler so that cast announcement doesn't i just think he's a bit bland personally but um like yeah it's a great cast like leia sadu i think is one of the most underrated actors today she she's great in everything she does uh, I think also underrated in Bond, actually. Like, she's so good in Bond. Very good. Uh, and people, I don't think people give her enough credit, but uh, yeah, I think the cast Stellan is great. Skarsgård, as well Stellan as the villain. Sk- Ooh, what a and name. And the, the makeup that they put on him is something else. I'll never forget him running nude around um, Stonehenge, <laughs> though. That that always is what he's known for, to, to me, from Before the Dark World. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I yeah, I think this could be. I think it's a good shout actually. I think it's one as well, kind of similar to some of the movies we mentioned. Not many people are talking about just yet. So it was like a Mission Impossible. <clears> it's kind of under the radar right now. Yeah, until the like Indiana Jones is and things like that. Whereas for me, I think that one do really well as well. That is possibly you know a big box office hit this year. Uh, but the cast sounds expensive, so maybe you know they're going to have to make at least five billion to get to get the money back. But um, you know, break all the records. But no, it looks exciting. And I think actually I'll give this to you, Ashan, because I think if anything, you got he, he made the first Dune, but I think what Delhi Villeneuve did with Labour in 2049 is made a great follow up. So I think if anything, if he did a great Blade Runner two, he'll do a great Dune two. And that's so, why I think it's going to win Best Picture yeah. of 2024. And if it doesn't, uh, then I delete uh, social media. All right. That's a bold claim. I'm, I'm not. I'd act, that's a lie. Well, what what were you saying? And then let's get that, run that back one more no, time. No, I'm not say, saying. Say that. that. Say that again. <laughs> uh, if if Dune win, if Dune, if Dune doesn't win Best Picture, I'm deleting social media. If there this if this comes out, then you better follow yeah, Washington GT on yeah. um, on on TikTok now because it'll make a renaissance at some point and they will delete it. Um, no. Uh, one thing I will say very briefly not enough Will Smith movies this year not much Will Smith going on there's the weird plug for Will Smith month it's coming up soon guys Um, get excited don't tell us don't don't tell me to shut up during my plug Um, (laughs) you know me and Adam me and Adam have to go through hell for four recording sessions five recording Uh sessions I forgot one that's how much hell we went through (laughs) wait Um, I've just honestly if you if you I've just googled just Will Smith and the first picture that comes up is him crying accepting his Oscar (laughs) that's like about the slap that's the first picture that comes up what 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 a weird time that was yeah I met that quick story about very briefly I remember being like in bed lying down and you texting a group chat being like, Will Smith just smacked Chris Rock at the Oscars. I was in bed being like, what, what, what's going on? This is like three o'clock in the morning. It was like the weirdest time of my life. Thinking I it was never... like a stunt yeah. and then it wasn't a stunt and it was real. And it was like, what? Right, ads. I don't know if it's on your list. I assume it is. Now, now there's... The... Are you okay there? Yeah, sorry, I was saying my Dune music. Carry on. We're talking... Now there's, there's a big, big rivalry going on on one particular day this mm. year. Right, mm-hmm. you got Christopher Nolan oh, there is. coming in with Oppenheimer, <laughs> but for me, I'm more excited for Greta Gerwig's Barbie, which I know is crazy. Right, on one side, you've got this brilliant cast. You have Florence Pugh's back, she's in Oppenheimer, I think. Right, she's in that, she, yeah, she's, she's yeah. Doing bits. You've got Killian Murphy, who's always great, even though I say I don't like him, but I secretly do. Um, you've got some really, really good stuff. Um, but on the other side, you've got Barbie with 
every member of sex education supposedly and you know, apparently um you've got you've got john cena who's in it which i didn't know about until the other day you've got Dua Lipa who's in it for some reason michael sarah who's in it um and that's not even talking about ryan gosling will and margot Ferrell. robbie will ferrell's in the movie and look it just looks really fun it just looks super fun and sometimes you want to go to the cinema to just have fun and I think that's what this is. And don't get me wrong, I think Oppenheim will be great. I want to say now, I'll probably go see both of them in quick succession. No way mm. I'm seeing them on the same day. Apparently Oppenheimer is 18 hours long. So I'm not going to go see two movies on the same day, <laughs> especially when one of them is three and a half hours, supposedly. Screw that oh noise. Oh, my God. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm just more excited for this one. Maybe it's because I like the cast a lot and the trailer looked really fun. And sometimes that's all I need. And Greta Gerwig's brilliant. Not yeah. saying Christopher Allen isn't. He's fantastic, but he doesn't have the fun of Barbie for me. And sometimes I prefer to go to the cinema to have fun more than watch a serious movie. Not a serious movies are bad either. I remember watching 1917 cinema and being absolutely amazed. But I tend to watch the more serious films on streaming sometimes. I don't know. I, I don't know. Like if I'm going out for the day, I like to kind of be happy when I leave the cinema, not super, you know, depressed and i think barbie's gonna give me that more um but yeah so for me barbie is number two because it's not it's not quite as action it is your number two yeah it's not quite as action-packed as mission impossible but it had to be on there just because if i didn't put it on there i'd be lying to myself um you know i just think overall it's vibes um bad i assume oppenheimer is on your list um um well it's my box office bump. What? Oh my god! We'll 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 run we'll run that back in a bit. We'll run that back in a bit. Give us your give us your um. You'll give us one of your highlights, please. We're gonna run this back. Give us give us give us one. Give us your last one. Is Greta Gerwig's Barbie? Way. <laughs> um. Right. Like. I'll I'll hand it over to you guys to chat about Barbie. But. Yeah, like you, I think it's gonna be that kind of fun summer movie it'll be camp i think the cast will be really fun as well interacting off each other i think ryan gosling and uh margot robbie's gonna have fab chemistry Uh, i'm more intrigued by what it's actually all about really yeah Yeah. too much i think there's so much i think uh, there's a darker tone there i think there's a darker yes something maybe a little bit of a cynical edge to it i'm really so what is so what's um, it, it then asks the question like, what is the target? What like what is this film aimed at? Do you get what I mean? I think it's like yeah. a twelve. I think it's like a twelve vibe. So there'll be a bit of like a like a they'll be able to get away with some stuff. I think I could be wrong. And I'll just quickly jump in there as well. I think the fact that we know nothing about it, but it still looks so enticing, I think is something that not a lot of movies can do these days. That like we talked about Doctor Who earlier, and everyone wants to know everything before they can get excited. But with this, I knew the director, I knew the cast, I was like, I'm in. That's I like the um, 2001 nod that they do at the beginning of the trailer. Yes. So like, what's this all about? And then is it also going to be sort of part musical? Because I think mainly because I want Shooter Gatwood to be part of a musical number yeah. in a movie or I, Emma Mackey I, or John Cena. I don't know. I'd love to, do you know what? I'd love to see Michael Sarah do a musical. I, I, I hope you forget I'd say as well, this might be one of the, might be the most weird step I've ever said. I think Ryan Gosling is one of the most underrated actors in modern films. And what I mean by that is I think a lot of people see him and go, oh, it's Ryan Gosling, he's very one note. He's not. 
He's really no. good. He's so good. Like if you watch he's very Drive, charismatic. If if you watch Drive compared to La La Land, two different characters. You watch him in any movie ever. He's always giving something new, something fresh. And he's very funny in this. Like even the one scene when he's like, oh, can we go back to your place tonight? And Barbie's like, to do what? And he goes, I have absolutely no idea. Like, I think it's brilliant. I think he's going to have some great banter with Simu Liu, who I forgot to mention in this movie mm. as well. One so, of the, such one a of, cast. It seems to skyrocket in terms of what he's done. I First of all, I think that's down to he's a really good actor, but also because he seems to be just a really nice guy. And tears of what is the word of us. If you're nice people, it gets you places. Um, I think that's too. he's very charismatic. Did you see his episode of Hot Ones? He was brilliant. I think that's what mm. landed in the role. I think I watched that. I was like, we need to get this guy. Um, but yeah, no, I'm buzzing for this, Adam. Buzzing. Yeah. I like, even if Will Ferrell's great in everything, that's another thing as well. I think Will Ferrell is just a Will Ferrell thing, but that's always like fun. I've never seen a Will Ferrell performance. And I've gone, that's boring. Um, can I confess something what? about Will Ferrell? I don't find him that funny. I can see what you mean. Like, I just think he's, for me, he's a bit overrated. That's all. I think, I think Elf is overrated. Um, but I think uh-huh. he's also, I think he's also had some funny movies. Um, yeah. I think, I think, I think, I think he's, I think the one film we did with Mark Wahlberg, not, not Daddy's Home. That was another, <laughs> the, the one before that, um, which was like, I forget. What the other guys or something? The is other that guys. That one's really good. That one's really that, good. Is it though? Is that what it is? Yeah. It's, it's called the other guys. Yeah. Well Step done. Brothers is quite good as well. Step Brothers is really good. Step Brothers is really good. Um, unless, unless you're a weird guy, but apparently Step Brothers isn't really good. According if you got it listening audio, Osh hands pulling a face, like he's had a bit of weird fish at a restaurant. Um, but yeah. Uh, or when, you know, you, you, the, your partner's mother does the cooking and you don't like it, but you want to make a good impression. So you just kind of sit there and give a half smirk. Yeah, that, that, you know, that vibe. But I think at the end of the day, before we get into our bombs and our surprises, 2023 looks really good for movies and also has been quite good for movies so far as well. We had some really good stuff come yeah. out. You know, I think even we're not talking about like the super, super hits, we've still had some like, you know, and under the radar stuff do quite well. Um, and of course, Guardians has kind of blown everything out of the water in terms of not only uh, financially, but also it's doing quite well critically. I don't think our movie's d- done as well critically this year in terms of the big status. I think a lot of the big movies have kind of flopped so far. Fast X yeah. is an outlier because it's doing a lot of great money for some reason. Sorry <sighs> to all you family lovers out there. It's just not for me. Don't really get the vibe. But hey, look, if you love it, good for you. Um but yeah, I think it's in a really good place. I think this is the year we can say that cinema's kind of back and we, we've kind of shaken off the pandemic. COVID, yeah. I think people kind of want to go back to the cinema now. I think beforehand you'd go and see the movies you really wanted to watch. And because back in the day, sometimes you'd have a, a bland afternoon, nothing planned. You'd look at what's on in cinema and you go, do you know what? I might go see that. I think we lost that aspect during yeah. COVID and you'd only go to see the films that you really want to see. That's why Spider-Man was an outlier because everyone wanted to go see that because they were like, is is Toby and Andrew in it? Yeah. And, and they were and everyone loved it. So they went back again and again and again. I know I went six times. Um, <laughs> six? I have, to, I have to pre-warn you. A lot of people use me to go to cinema because I get a free ticket. I joke. They're all my friends. I don't have to. Oh, but like, right. but like, you know, but like, yeah, the the vibe the vibe was there for that, and kind of dipped for everything else, you know. 
Uh, and I think, you know, with Avatar yeah. that did really well, Guardians. Top, top is Gun. Doing... It was Top, top Gun, Gun Avatar that got top people Gun, back. Yeah. Guardians is now doing well. Like, we've had three movies in the past 12 months. I think we can say 12 months. I think Top Gun came out like July. Is that right? Mm. So the yeah. last 12 months, we had three movies that have done really, really well. And Guardians isn't even done yet with its run, which I think says a lot about how far that's going to go. Yeah. Um, you know, so, yeah, I think we can say cinema's back. But now, before we get on, I like to end on a positive note. So we're going to go to our surprise box office bomb. Or maybe it's not a surprise. Maybe we just think it's going to bomb. And since Adam gave away his answer, we'll go to him first with Oppenheimer. Now, I don't know the budget for yeah. this. So, um Oh, I yeah. I don't know how much it needs to recoup to kind of... Yes, I'm not so sure either. The reason that I have put Oppenheimer on this uh, as box office bomb, I would say, is because, well, the movie's long, so I don't think you can get as many showtimes in terms of, like, having it, you know, on rotation. So I reckon that could be difficult. It will probably be eclipsed because Mission Impossible's coming up quite close to it as well. I mean, I think... I've, and and Barbie, which I kind of think are more guaranteed to sort of uh, entice people into the cinema, whether it's a fun action movie or Barbie, basically. I kind of feel like maybe the movies that are coming out around Oppenheimer might eclipse that. And yeah, I don't know if you know that many people around the sort of movie time will want to go see a movie like Oppenheimer if it came out later mm. in the year. I think it may fare a better chance, but I think maybe the release window that it's in, I'm I not as confident in it. I know Nolan will, you know, Nolan will make a fantastic film. I think that's also a little bit of a contrast. I think the movie will be good, and IMAX wise, it will probably do really well as well because Nolan loves that and creating, you know, a, a fab IMAX picture. But mm. yeah, I can't necessarily say it's an absolute guarantee to make too much money and i kind of feel like maybe the other movies around it could eclipse it yeah to make to make budget back it's gonna make 200 million which uh isn't bad for a nolan picture i think that's the one thing is what going for it is a lot of that the film film buffs will go see this one because it's nolan also i looked at the cast and i didn't even realize many people in it like robert daddy jr is in the movie what Mm. rami malek's in the movie huh um, Jack Quaid's in the movie, who should be in a lot more things. He's fantastic. I'll just turn my camera off. He's fantastic. Um, you know, Jack so, Quaid's in that film, is he? Yeah, yeah. Jack Quaid's oh, in the movie. Wow. Um, you know, he should be in more things. He's absolutely brilliant. So uh, mm. really happy for him. But now, Adam, I think the Barbie aspect of it is the big one. I think an opening day is massive for a movie. And I think it competing with Barbie, which I think is going to be for a younger age group around the board. So families are going to go with their kids to see Barbie, and therefore if they're with their kids, they can't do the double bill. And or, if you're only going to see one film, probably Barbie, because it's it's shorter, you can take your family with you. Mm. So I can actually see this one doing better. I can see this one doing better in the longer run. I don't think it will. I think it will have a, a more stable financial intake rather than like a big peak and then a, like most films do. I think this one could like trundle along. Um, right. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? I think this one, like yeah. people, people will go see it eventually, and if, if the reviews are fantastic, then they'll yeah. probably go see it. But I don't see it like I think. Don't be surprised if this one doesn't do too hot from the get go and slowly recoups its money back. Because I don't think it, or I don't think Adam as well. I don't think it's, like it's going to lose money either. I don't think you're expecting it to. No. But I think you're saying it's not going to make as much as potentially some people might think. Is that what you're saying here? I think I I, I think so. Yeah, as, as you're saying. Barbie is more family oriented, Mission Impossible. You, you, 
there for the more fun action movie uh, kind of thing because Mission Impossible I think comes out almost a week before, but I still feel like in the in, in its run it's going to do really well in that sort of summer period. Yeah. Awesome. Right. Well, Ash, do you want to go with your bomb or do you want to hand it over to me? What what what's the vibes? What you said? Um, have we gone for the same one? I don't know. We've not had any indication on this. So, what is your part? Is your one a part of the franchise? It is part of franchise. I'm scared. Is it part of a uh, a franchise with Batman in it? No, no. Okay. Do you want me to go first? Don't say yours is the Flash. No, you're, yeah. you're wrong. You're wrong if you say it. Is everyone no. excited? Is it Blue Beetle? I'm, I've gone for Aquaman two. Is that a thing? Which people have don't know it's a thing. <laughs> is that is that a thing? Yeah. And you might go, Ashan, why have you put Aquaman two on here when Aquaman one is actually the DCEU's biggest film box office they've made. And you go, oh, right. It's probably because no one knows this film's coming out at the end of the year. But also is the fact that the, guy, the, the head of Warner Bros watched it and was like, I don't think people are going to like this. He's literally come out <laughs> and said, I don't think this is going to do very well. Right. Um, but also it's got... Uh, uh, it's just following a story. I don't know. I don't know anything about the story. I think it's meant to tackle. I think that the plot of this film has kind of branched off into different ideas from what it was. Like it originally was like a story about Aquaman versus Black Manta, which people are really excited for. And then um, Jason Momoa wanted to turn it about global warming, which isn't a bad thing. If you want to do that, that's fine. And then it's kind of the plots kind of all over the place at the moment. So I'm not really sure what it's going to follow. It also has. Amber Heard in it, which obviously is a controversial figure. People wouldn't want to see a film with her. She doesn't have that part. She doesn't have that big of a part in this one, apparently. But even then, she will have screen time, which probably will put people off. <clears throat> yeah, I don't disagree with you. Um, the first Am Ant Man, the first Aquaman was fine. It was, yeah, it was, it was all right. It was fine. Here's the thing with the DC movies coming out this year is that they're a bit bollocked by the fact that it's kind of getting reset. Do you want to talk about my bomb? Yeah, go for it. Now, when you said part of a franchise, I was like, oh, I've got the same one. Um, um, and I didn't, and then I saw that there's a new Transformers movie coming out this year. Oh, God. Transformers. That's, co that's coming out in a few mm -hmm. weeks. That's yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. 10 yeah. weeks away or something. And has anybody cared about Transformers since? No. Since since Charlotte Buffett, the first one was good, and then yeah. and then the rest of them have been been awful. Apparently, it's set in the Bumblebee universe. Great, that was actually a good movie because it had two really good people in it, in Heidi Steinfeld and John Cena, and neither of them are coming back for this one, which I think either says a lot about the story and or the fact they just don't care anymore, which is fine. <laughs> it's car movies and they blow up, but there's another movie that has cars and where shit blows up. At least the characters stay for the next ones. You know, like it's the issue is that Fast and Furious and Transformers are basically the same thing now in a in a in a weird sense. They're both action yeah. movies with cars that go fast. And I'd rather watch Family do it than CGI robots that I don't care for because they've been rebooted 17 times. Like, <laughs> cool. This will probably do, I could just do a lot well in a lot overseas, like in a lot of markets. I just don't see it doing well domestically. It's probably going to make its money back because a lot of people will probably go see it on a random Thursday afternoon because they yeah. got nothing better to do. But uh, yeah, for me, 
No. That's understandable. Just, I think the issue is, is that it's a really weird one, isn't it? It's like, it's not linear anymore. Like, I don't really know what's going on in them. And like, (laughs) even things like Fast and Furious, I get the plot of that and I've not seen them all. But I know that Dom Toretto is this guy and he's, this is his family, his crew. With Transformers, I'm like, what's happening? There was dinosaurs in one of them. Mark Wahlberg was there and now he's gone. Yeah. Shia LaBeouf. What happened to Shia LaBeouf? Um, I don't know. I don't think Michael Bay's back for this one. I could be wrong there. He's just... producing it, but yeah, that means that he didn't want to touch it with a stick. He... Oh, okay, probably. <laughs> I, th- I think sense. if you're, I think if you drop down from director to producer, you've gone. Do you know what? I'm done with these, but I'll put my name <laughs> to it so that if you want to, you know, and look, if the new director does a good job, if anything, a new director could be a good opportunity for the franchise and they could refresh it. But yeah, no, doesn't I really th- need it. No. I think the issue is, is that like Bumblebee was really like not really good, but it was solid. And then you've not brought back the two characters that made it great. And that's no offense to um to to the people that have that that have made this movie. Like this the director here, Stephen Campbell Jr., is is quite good. He's done some good things. But I think this is just a like it's is it What has he done? He's done a bit he's done a bit of work on Creed too. He's he's done a bit of work on Bumblebee stuff, so he's definitely in the universe, right? But he's just, I I just I feel he directed Creed two, um, yeah, and that was a oh. good movie. So you've got a good director there, um, yeah. but for me, just I don't know. It's like um, just just let it, let, let it go for a bit, Re- reboot it in about ten fifteen years. But yeah, there's people positive now, though, are surprised of the year. Now, this might be box office, or it might be quality-wise, or whatever. But surprise for the year. Adam, I'll let you go first. Are you going first at all yet in this, this pod? So I'll let, I'll let you... What's your surprise? My surprise, um, box office-wise... Because I, I... Well, I did uh, say... I, well, I, I think Mission Impossible... Will will make bank and will do really well. Surprise! Do you know what? I'm actually gonna, you know, go, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do a sort of random matron in my head. The Marvels. Okay, mm. okay. Kind of says no. I'm actually buzzing for that movie. I'm like, not obviously to get in the top three, but like I think a lot of people are sleeping on that one. I think it'd be quite good. Mm. Yeah, and I think pretty much for the reasons you say, I think the concept is really cool. Uh, I, I, you know, space movies seem to be working out pretty well for Marvel, uh, for the for Guardians at least. We had a good uh, space opera, and we sort of got this here with a bit with a, I think with a you know that kind of Earthbound kind of Miss Marvel funness to it. Yeah, I think it would be one of the pleasant surprise i think go just from the concept alone i kind of think yeah this would be a good surprise no i get what you mean i get what you mean i think zoe ashton as well let's not let's not forget she's brilliant i think that's a lot of people as well that in the states don't know a lot about her and how good she is um i think she's brilliant obviously for those of you that don't know who i'm talking about she was in doctor who very briefly she's in one episode into the dalek she played journey blue and she was fantastic she's in fresh meat as well, which is a great university kind of comedy series. I would say, oh, Shadi Bears, I watch it, but our UD days are basically done. I so know, I have watched it. It's very it's, good. It's it's fun, isn't it? It's, it's fun. It's very good. Very um, good. But yeah, 
No, um, Osh, I'm going to go next. I want to see what your surprise That's is. Fine. That's fine. That's good. Uh, do you know what? We kind of mentioned it earlier on. My surprise is, is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. I'm actually buzzing for this, and not only because it looks good. And I'm not a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fan by any means, because I think the kind of the property's kind of been a bit killed by, by our era. I think that the nineties mm. was the peak when it was really good and everything subsequently has been a bit rubbish. But it's got Seth Rogen producing. Although I'm not a massive Seth Rogen guy. He's very good at taking a property and doing some bits with it. I know we had some involvement with the uh, Jim and Dale movie that came out. This cast is phenomenal. I don't can I just read some of the names to you that I didn't even realize were in this movie. All right? Just get excited, right? Okay. Rose Byrne. Paul Rudd, John Cena, Seth Rogen, Jackie Chan, Giancarlo Esposito. Um, we're going to go to Maya Rudolph, Ice Cube. Oh Post God, Malone yeah. is in this movie. Post Malone has a voice role in this movie. If you don't get excited by that, I don't know what you will. Uh, it's got great directors in it as well. Like I said, it is written by Seth Rogen as well. They've actually got kids playing the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, so I think it's great. That's always a great thing. You've got the writers of Mitchells versus the Machines, and that was a great. Mm. Oh really? Yeah. Oh like, okay. You know, like this, this, this is my surprise hit of the year. Like it would not surprise me if you see great reviews for this film. I could be wrong, and it could be incredibly mid. But like this could be a Mitchell's versus a machine kind of vibe where it wasn't on my radar beforehand, and then the reviews are so good that I didn't have to go see it. And that's coming from someone that isn't a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fan by any means. I have no connection to the property, but this one, like I said as well, the animation style looked great. The vibe seems fun. And sometimes in the summer, all you want is a good, fun movie, um, especially because you'd rather be outside. So it's got to be a good, fun time to kind of get you involved and get you to go watch it. So, uh, yeah, I think I agree with someone with Oppenheimer. I think it's kind of like the wrong time of the year. Like, why mm. is it coming out in like October when you, when you want to be inside no, and no idea. for three hours? You know what I mean? Like, I'm, maybe, does that make sense? Like, I no, think I maybe it's that, mistimed the release that's date. That's one of the reasons I put it as my uh, bomb, to be honest. Yeah. But, Ash, what is your big uh, surprise? So, I think this, I think that by the end of the year, I think that Mario will be the one that will win the box office of the year because obviously it's killing it at the moment. Yeah. I think that it will. Now officially, just keep going. The, now, officially, the highest grossing animated movie. Of all yeah. time, domestically. So I'll probably win it this year. But I think the film that will surprise her, I don't think it'll probably be... I I think it'll be big in the UK. And obviously, I think it will be big in America, but I think it's it's maybe targeting a, a more Ooh. UK fan base. I think we know where we go with this one. <laughs> but uh, obviously, as some of you know, I'm a big fan of this um, uh, two-sequel franchise called Paddington. Uh, the director of that, Paul King, is making Wonka. Yes, a film that at first I was thinking, why the hell are they making a uh, a musical about Willy Wonka's origin story? But then I look at the cast and I look at the people involved and I'm like, do you know what? This is the most British thing, even though Timothy Chalamet's in it, I've ever seen. But and I'm, I'm into it. I'm so into it. It seems like pure vibes. It's when I was weird to make a movie, but it just seems like, it seems vibes. Like, it seems like when they went to the director, they went... What do you want to do? He's like, I'll make a Willy Wonka movie. Screw it. Mm. Who am I going to get? I'll get Timothy Chalamet and just make the rest of it British. And I, do you know what I think as well? It just like it's one of those movies that you go to, and it's like this thing just seems like everyone making it was just like, yeah, we'll do that. We'll do this. Screw it. Why not? So um, the, I, 
Hang on, no, 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 go, yeah, go, go, no, go, no, absolutely, you go. Some, some of the cast, if you don't know already, some of the cast in this film sounds amazing. I don't know if it's some of them are confirmed here, but some of them aren't. So we've got Hugh Grant, so we've obviously got Timothy Chalamet as Willy Wonka, we've got Hugh Grant as an Umpa Lumpa. So that's obviously, you know, already you're like, wow, this is going to be amazing. You've got Rowan Atkinson in, in the film, we've got um, Matthew ba- Bainton, but it, the one that's in Ghosts and uh, Horrible Histories, Matthew Bainton. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, you basically got a lot of the horrible histories cast. The ones that have been in Paddington as well, you've got Simon Farn Farn Farnaby. I don't know his name properly. Um, you've also also got Olivia Coleman's apparently meant to be in this film. You've got great. Matt Lucas as well. Great. Uh just a really just great cast. I again I go back to vibes. Like this just seems vibes. It it just seems literally like it, the most weird and wacky cast, but also yeah. like Timothy Chalamet is the one out, but also Timothy Chalamet is one of those people that lives up to the hype. Like you see Timothy Chalamet in a movie and you're like, yep, that'll be great because he's great. Um, he's kind of annoyingly good. Like, yeah, considering he's quite young still, I think he's like, what, 25? There aren't many films he's done that aren't very good. I think he's 20. Oh, at least he's good in them, even if they're not great. Yeah, he's 27. He's- but he's still, he's still, he's still good. Like he's still, he's still so still good. Yeah, we've yeah, got like this good. rich kind of British and like contingent of actors. I mean, to name a few at that kind of that age, you've got like Florence Pugh, Tom Holland, and Timothy Chalamet, all around the same age, and they're just killing it. You know, um, uh, like yeah, that it's vibes, mate. I think it could be a good Christmas hit. It, it, mm. I assume it will ramp up the Christmas. Like I see a lot of snow in the filming pictures where there's a Christmas yeah, it's segment. Yeah, a very Christmas segment. Yeah, I like. I like. We need some good Christmas movies. Like, there's not been a good Christmas movie in a while. I don't think no. there was that one on Apple TV last year with Ryan uh, Ryan Reynolds and Will, Will, yeah, Will Ferrell, yeah, that was quite good. Because this thing, right? People go, "Oh no, you can't make a good Christmas song. You can't make a good Christmas movie anymore." Because people just watch the classics. Well, that's inherently not true. After Christmas came out ten years ago, and that's a banger. <laughs> Klaus was a banger, and it that was. that was great. Like Christmas songs. Ed Sheeran had that tune a few years ago. That does bits every year now. Just make Christmas stuff good, and people will go and watch it, and not watch Home Alone for the seventy-second time. <laughs> you know, like. I th- I, yeah, I agree with you, man. I think overall it's great. Um, also, shout out to the Meg 2. Jason Statham's taking on a shark again, boys. <laughs> Why not? You know what I think Wonka actually needs? It needs more cookies. And then it needs a cameo from Arnold Schwarzenegger to say... Put the put cookie down. down. The most underrated Christmas of all time, by the way. How people say it's a bad movie, I'll never know. Genuinely. No, I'll I never. I, it's so good. It's so good. It's so like sometimes I think people watch movies and they don't they don't know what a good bad movie is. You know, like a, a movie that is so kind of rubbish <laughs> and cheesy that it becomes good. And that is Jingle All the Way. Um, what a banger! And not a Deck the Halls, which I know Adam is not a yes. fan of. Adam is not a fan. Oh of God, that. that's that. Are you not a fan? No, I don't know that movie. Right, to quickly to quickly wrap up this, should I say should we name one movie the shirts come out that isn't Guardians Three? That we've all really liked. Mm. Should you? Yeah. Um, well, Ad, I'll let you go first. I really liked Tetris that came out on Apple TV. I know, I suppose that it's good. not. That was good. No, it counts. Released. It counts. It yeah. Counts. But it's a movie that came out in 2023. So I might as well. Um, I sort of, it, it, you sort of start off, it's, yeah, sort of biographical, uh, biopic, uh, movie. And it's pretty cool, you know, the Genesis. 
of the game and how everything happens. And then it becomes a nail biting on the edge Cold War thriller. And I think, yeah, I don't think the switch, I don't think the tones jar at all. That's it. Yeah. yeah. It's so uh, good. It's, man. it's so good. It's so good, man. It's so good. It, but, uh, yeah, because it's still, it, you know, the tones are jar, it keeps you on the edge of the seat. The acting is fantastic. Uh, yeah, it was, it was an absolute surprise. Uh, I knew Taron Edgerton was going to, you know, be fantastic in the movie because he's just a, all around great actor, hopefully coming back for Kingsman Free Suit. So, yeah, no, Tetris. What about you, Osh? Uh, I had two films that really surprised me this year. I mean, one film that didn't surprise me, that was John Rook 4. That was definitely yeah. one of my favourite films of the year that I've seen. So cool. good. The action's very, very good. I saw it day before Guardians as well. So that, that was, that was a, two days where I was like, yes, these are two amazing films back to back. And I think the other one's Creed 3. I mean, Ooh. I'm not. I'm, I haven't. Shout. I haven't watched many of the Rocky films, um, but I've seen all the Creed films, and even like, and this film didn't have Rocky. And it didn't evolve. Did he really have anything to do with Rocky? It was a very Creed centric film. Um, but yeah, if you if you guys have enjoyed this, please do give a like, comment, and subscribe. You can follow Adam at bit underscore Cal underscore Batman on all social medias. Follow Oshan at Oshan GT or is it dot GT? What is it? Dot GT, yeah. Dot GT. Is that on Twitter? And is, do I even shout out TikTok uh, anymore? I don't. I don't, I don't use much Twitter, so I probably just is say TikTok dead. Is TikTok dead? Is will it come yeah, back? Will it come maybe, back? Will it maybe come we'll back? See. Please, we need it to come back. <laughs> there was nothing better than watching you do a rubbish review that I disagreed with. <laughs> um, also, your little old crocodile one when you got invaded by. By kids that ruined your watchdog of La La Crocodile. I'll, I'll never forget <laughs> my experience watching La La Crocodile. But I can't wait for another day because if you've enjoyed this, you can follow me at Alex King underscore Dom. Follow the podcast at Timeless Pods. We'll see you guys all next week for mine and Reese's review of The Flash. Until then, guys, take care. Bye bye. Don't dab. If you guys are listening on audio, they're a bit of a dabbing. Bye, everyone. Have a good week.